Welcome to the sermon podcast of Northridge Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I'm Betsy Sweetenberg, the pastor here, and I hope that in this podcast, you see what we seek to do week after week, approaching the stories of our faith with a holy curiosity, not shutting the book because the stories are hard or there are truths we'd rather ignore. Instead, approaching scripture, trusting that God will meet us there, full of grace and truth, teaching us something new about how we are to live in this world God so loves. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Grant us enough faith to trust you are speaking to us through these ancient words in our own thoughts and reflections and in the community around us. Open us to your word that we might reflect your goodness and mercy in the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I invite you to listen for what God is saying to you this day. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door, and he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I don't know what you were doing on Monday night, January 2nd, but I will tell you, I was tired. My two young children ages 14, almost 15 months and four, had been out of school for over two weeks. We had entertained family as overnight guests through Christmas and friends on New Year's, and I had been pastoring a small congregation through Christmas and New Year's. And of course, we had all just overcome the latest round of viruses that come with having two small children in our home. After our kids were tucked in bed and I had completed 
the bare minimum of tasks required to be ready for the return to school the next morning. I collapsed on my couch with my phone in hand and opened my Facebook app. And all I saw were a flood of posts that said things like, this is scary, hashtag Damar Hamlin, praying for Damar Hamlin and his family. Damar Hamlin, prayer emoji, and on and on. The posts came from all kinds of people on my feed. And what I found most striking was that they came from people on all sides of the political aisle. There seemed to be no clear designation as to why so many people from so many different backgrounds and perspectives on life were focused on healing for one man. Not knowing who Damar was, I did a quick internet search and found myself watching a video clip of a football game that apparently millions of other people had watched or were also watching that night. And I found myself joining in the chorus of prayers lifted for Damar Hamlin. That night and in the days to come, there were millions of people praying for Damar. And even people who don't pray were sending positive vibes and thinking about Damar with such great hope that he would be healed and recover. So much spiritual energy was in the world for Damar, for his family, his medical team, and caregivers. I am not sure I have ever seen anything like it. The healing of the paralytic in our gospel narrative this morning was also a remarkable moment, one ending with, we have never seen anything like this. But before we turn to the great crowd that had gathered around Jesus in the Capernaum home, I am going to take a step back to look at Mark's introduction. I don't know how well you know Mark and his gospel, but he tends to get to the point fast and moves quickly. The gospel begins with, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And if you're looking for Mark's Christmas story, that was it. No time for shepherds in the field or a journey to Bethlehem for a census. No time for a search for a place to stay or a new star in the sky to follow. No time to hear the chorus of angels singing or to learn of Mary wrapping the baby Jesus in cloths and lying him in a manger. None of that for Mark. This is going to be a story about the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There is a quick reference to John the Baptist from the prophet Isaiah, and then John the Baptist is a grown adult proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Chapter 1 of Mark's Gospel has 45 verses, but we cover a lot of ground. We meet John and hear about the one who is coming, who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Jesus comes from Nazareth of Galilee to be baptized by John in the Jordan River. Jesus is immediately driven by the Spirit out into the wilderness where he is tempted by Satan and entertained by angels. For 40 days. By verse 14, 
Jesus comes to Galilee to proclaim the good news of God, saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus calls some fishermen to be his disciples, and immediately they left their nets and followed him. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat. And in one day, Jesus teaches in the synagogue in the morning and astounds people by his teaching as one having authority. Jesus commands the unclean spirits, and they obey him. He heals Simon's mother-in-law after the services, and that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door, Mark tells us, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. After healing, Mark tells us, at once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. And after healing a man with leprosy, Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, and people came to him from every quarter. And then Jesus returns to Capernaum, where so many are gathered around that there was no room for them, not even in front of the door. Mark leaves out the part of the story where there was no room in the inn for Mary and Joseph, but he does tell us that there was no room for another person to be near Jesus because so many people were now gathered around. Jesus has made a name for himself as someone who wants to be with people, and he has welcomed them in and invited them, and here they all are, with not room for another to come through the door. Jesus has made a name for himself as a teacher, as one with authority, and as a healer, one who cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out demons. Mark may not have time for the baby Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us, fully divine and fully human, but he does have time to focus on Jesus, the Son of God, as a healer, one who cares for the well-being of all people and wants to make them well. On the evening of the healing of the man with paralysis, after all the kids had been put to bed, I wonder if you will imagine with me what the social media posts might have said. I got dust in my eyes today because some guys thought it would be a good idea to peel back the sod and make an opening in the roof of my buddy's house while this healer was there speaking. Hashtag, you better fix that. These guys actually tore a giant hole in the roof and lowered this guy down into the house. It was full of dust and we were all coughing as dirt and sand and grass flew down into the house and up our noses. Hashtag need a new hanky. When the dust had cleared, Jesus told the man who was lying down on a mat, unable to move his body, that his sins had been forgiven. Hashtag who do you think you are? There were so many of us crammed into the house 
And then this dude just kind of waves his hand and motions for the man who is paralyzed to stand up, take the mat, and go home. Hashtag, and that's what happened. I have never seen anything like what I saw today. Hashtag, Jesus of Nazareth. There is something different about this man, Jesus. Maybe this is the Son of God. But what in the world does that really mean? Hashtag, who are you? What the crowd witnessed that day in Capernaum would have received millions of views on the internet that night. And the conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders that was already beginning to brew would probably only have been sped up that much faster. Jesus was already ruffling some feathers and beginning to shake some things up. This was no ordinary man. Here is Jesus, the one who has very quickly become known as a healer. And when a paralyzed man all but drops from the ceiling and appears in front of him, Jesus is moved by the faith of the four friends. Mark tells us that when Jesus saw their faith, the confidence and conviction of those four people who were willing to do whatever it took to get their buddy to this healer, he said to the paralytic, child, your sins are forgiven. Did you catch that? God has taken on human flesh and come to be with us in the human person of Jesus of Nazareth. And when the paralytic drops from the ceiling, unable to move, what does God with us do first? He offers forgiveness. We don't hear directly from the man who was paralyzed in this story. All we know is that he was carried by four people in to see Jesus. Willingly or unwillingly. And after Jesus offers forgiveness and heals his paralysis, the man stood up, immediately took his mat, and went out. We don't know what this man's greatest need was. Spiritual healing or physical healing. We don't know what this man yearned for to be made whole. But knowing that Jesus was able to perceive in his spirit what the scribes and legal experts of the day were questioning in their hearts, I have to believe that Jesus knew what this man who was paralyzed needed most. Hearing in front of the giant crowd that he was forgiven would have given him a new life. In that day and time, being paralyzed was seen as a result of sin. Many, if not all, of the people gathered there around Jesus would have believed that the man's paralysis was a direct result of some sin he had committed. And so for Jesus to immediately announce that his sins were forgiven would have been a very big deal. First, if only God can forgive sins, then what is Jesus revealing about himself? And also, the man with paralysis was set free, no longer held back by people believing he was a rotten sinner who was condemned. God with us immediately offered the gift of forgiveness. 
we have never seen anything like this. We have never seen a man who so freely offers forgiveness. We have never seen a man with paralysis who can instantly walk again. We have never seen a man who perceived the questions in their hearts. We have never seen a man lowered into a house on a mat carried by four friends. We've never seen a man who teaches and heals with authority that could only come from God. We've never seen a man with paralysis who is immediately forgiven, no questions asked. We've never seen a man who is God with us, not just a healer, but one who forgives. We have never seen anything like this. So what would happen if Jesus appeared right here, right now, and looked you in the eyes and said, my child, your sins are forgiven. What would be healed for you if Jesus said to you, my child, whatever is holding you back is gone. You have been set free. Jesus is a healer, and he had become known as one very quickly. But Jesus is also a forgiver, one who sets us free to love and forgive as well. I want to share with you part of a meditation written by a retired Presbyterian pastor who is also known as an author and poet. His name is J. Barry Shepard. Speaking from the perspective of the man with paralysis, the Reverend Shepherd ends the story in this way. They told me afterwards that the scorn of the scribes and Pharisees turned to clear astonishment as I stood up in one easy movement, as if I had been doing it all my life, which I had until three years ago, and bundling up my pallet with the cords, tucked it under one arm and strode off home. Those crowds parted now like waves before the prow of a proud ship, and then they closed in behind and formed one great parade all the way to my front door. I can tell you, my dear Naomi almost fainted clean away when I came in that door under my own sail. Then she began to laugh. And we have been laughing together much of the time ever since that moment. Our joy is not simply that my health has been restored, great as that joy has been, but that the faith of my good friends was finally proved true and that there truly is a God who cares and mends and makes whole again. And that through the healer, Jesus, that same God has come among us. Yes, walks our weary roads, eager to bring back life and hope to all those with faith enough to bear their neighbor's burdens as their own and never to give in. Now there she goes off laughing once again. The witnesses that day in Capernaum were amazed by what they saw 
They were astonished and stunned and in awe. They praised God for what happened. So let's celebrate and praise God for the four whose faith led them to carry a man with paralysis to Jesus at all costs. Let's praise God for friends who never give up on us. Let's celebrate the community of people who offer support and advocacy and persistence when healing is needed or when an injustice needs to be made right. Let's praise God for a congregation who lovingly supports their pastor after she's given birth and welcomed her first child into the world. Let's praise God for people who tirelessly advocate for affordable health care for all. Let's celebrate the freedom God gives us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Let's celebrate that God is with us walking our weary roads. Let's celebrate that God is eager to bring us back to life and make us whole, eager to forgive in whatever shape or form that might take. Let's praise God for our ability to be in community and care for one another, bearing burdens with and for each other. Let's celebrate our interconnectedness and our interdependence as God journeys with us. In the name of the God who came to be with us as healer and forgiver. Amen. Go out into God's world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all persons. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Spirit bless you and keep you this day, and always, always. Amen.